Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Mongo. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. What did you expect? Welcome, Sonny. Make yourself at home. Marry my daughter. You've got to remember that these are just simple farmers. These are the people of the land. The common clay of the New West. You know, morons. Mongo only pawn in Game of Life. Now, I don't have to tell you good folks what's been happening in our beloved town. Sheriff murdered, (laughs) crops burned, (laughs) stores looted, people stampeded, and cattle raped. The time has come to act, and act fast. I'm leaving. Cue Cue the theme theme song. song. Is it uh, true what they say about the way you people are gifted? Excuse me while I whip this out. <laughs> it's true, it's true. You use your tongue prettier than a $20 whore. The fact that you have sent him here just goes to prove that you are the leading asshole in the state. Hello, handsome. Is that a 10-gallon hat? Or are you just enjoying the show? Daddy loves Froggy. Froggy love Daddy? You use your tongue prettier than a twenty-dollar whore. Budget? We don't need no stinking budget. Oh no! <laughs> hey, where are the white women at? All right. Uh, so before I get into the typical banter and intro for this flick, I just wanted to say uh, I'm so choked about the death of Andre Brower. From Brooklyn Nine Nine, Chief Holt or Captain Holt, man, fuck that hit me hard, harder than any other celeb in the last like couple of years. Agree. I actually have even seen um, social media kind of outpourings from from places where I was surprised to see it. I wanted to. Um, I wanted saying saying the same. Thing. I wanted to post something on the hold up Instagram, but I, I, I was I was so depressed, I I couldn't do it. <laughs> it sucks. It's really shitty, and he was 61, and it seemed like it came out of nowhere. It sounded like... Do you know what? It was lung cancer, but, like, was it undetected for a long period of time and then just started hitting him? But it's crazy. It's It seems to be um, extra when these guys have these significant roles, like in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Like, that show's a comedy, a funny show, but he has very much a fatherly influence on the 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 cast you know or like like the with him being the captain but also um having such a foundation of humor but also like real depth and soul it feels like you know the guy like i don't really know the real person at fucking all all i really know is captain holt but i'm so bummed that he's gone yeah and that uh it feels like i know him you know yeah seems super genuine from glory in the early days of his career to to then uh man just sucks that just sucks he's so good believe when you guys told me that he was in glory i i didn't even recognize him neither did i john's the one who pointed it out he's thomas and uh and for anybody who wants to see it for anyone who wants to see him kick some fucking ass as a dramatic actor and has not seen glory or has like me seen glory many times and not realized that that was him I'm going back and watching that now, knowing that that was him because he's so good in that movie. He's, yeah, he's up was, in that movie. He's a tour de force. Like he was up there, young. like competing with with uh, Morgan Freeman and and Denzel. Yeah, uh, in that movie, who are both also an incredible in that movie. So, so many standout performances, including maybe Matthew Broderick's like best performance as well as Robert yeah. and. Uh, yeah, no, he'll be missed. It's too bad. I'm not sure what he was going to be doing now if he was retiring or taking a break, but maybe he wasn't doing anything because of illness. Yeah. It's too bad. No, that was tragic. And then, of course, Matthew Perry's passing was tragic as well, but then I was reading recently that his talk screen came back and he was in a K-hole. Yep. Um, Which is stupid because the guy has enough experience with drugs to know you don't fucking drop a bunch of ketamine and sit in a hot tub. Yeah. So fuck. Oh, the fuck? so could that be suicide? 
Uh, I don't think it was. I don't know. Suicide. Probably more just him. Apparently, he had been doing some um, therapy that utilized ketamine in some way, shape, or form. So maybe that opened the door for him to think. Ketamine therapy is supposed to be super helpful. Yeah. Especially for like depression, uh, I think migraines. Maybe. I've heard it's like supposed to be really good for PT. PTSD and stuff. Yeah, because it allows you to talk about the... Acronyms are not your friend, friend. (laughs) It it allows you to talk about your experience without having to relive it. It it removes you from having to have flashbacks of what happened to you and you can talk about it. So, it's like... So, he was doing it recreationally, obviously, then. Well, just... It's it has a very short half life in the system of like hours, I think. So um, he at least was doing it before he went hot tubbing, which is uh, sad. So yeah, so there you go. There's your uh, celebrity death tragedy update, and now let's on with the <laughs> show. this episode on a high point. <laughs> Woo! I should have spun it from glory because gl- and now blazing sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, do you like blazing? No, I'm not going to go that route. Um, <laughs> no, do it, Josh. Blazing. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was gonna, I was gonna say things along the lines of, uh, do you like politically charged comedies? Um, and this movie in 1974, when it came out, would have been more of a satire, I think. Um, m- making some fun of um, of westerns for sure. I don't know if if black westerns were a thing enough at the time to be making fun of but there was definitely some um racial undertones being um being made fun of here in this flick for blazing saddles mel brooks 1974 uh i don't think you can even call them undertones i think they're overtones it's, it's so much the point of it right yes yes and i um before I get into one major observation that I've made, made about this movie, I just want to say that we have Cleavon Little, Gene Wilder, Slim Pickens. If you guys don't remember Slim Pickens' uh, audience, he was riding the uh, nuclear bomb in um, uh, Doctor Strangelove. Uh, so yeah. remember that guy. You'd, I recognized him in this, and it was killing me for like the first 20 minutes. I was like, I know this guy. Uh, Alex Karras, Mal Br- Mel Brooks himself, uh, and then Madeline Kahn and Harvey Korman, a few other faces you might recognize, like uh, Higgins, and uh, uh, I might have said his name already uh, because it, his name doesn't come to mind. Uh, Burton Gilliam is in this as well. You'd recognize him as being kind of that southern goofy guy. Um, I love Also as being a, a Hall of Fame football player. Yeah. And, uh, like, it turns out this guy is just, like maybe one of the most accomplished people in the movie for fuck's sake <laughs> the true. big lebowski is also in this like the actual big lebowski oh shit yeah 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 that's um, right yeah. yeah get a yeah. job sir he's achieving yes he mm. is super achieving um made on the shoestring budget of 2.6 million uh this pulled in 120 um so made f tons of money uh, and also came in at 93 minutes, which is glorious for a comedy movie because usually movies that run around 93 minutes in our comedies don't drag too much. So what makes Blazing Saddle so uh, notable nowadays is its um, um, use of the N-word and other words which we don't say. So what is working against this movie right off the get-go is that it, it is definitely making fun of racists, right? That flat-out movie calls them morons. Um, and it further reinforces it by having most of the white characters in this movie as f- total fucking yokel morons. And the uh, the black sheriff is sophisticated and, and um, urbane and, and very smart, very bright. And Gene Wilder, to an extent as well, is, is kind of soft and, and, and not a bright guy. So... That's like so in your face that that's what this movie is doing. However, in today's world, you can't even say the N-word if you're not black, I think. Uh, And most people are are against saying it altogether. So that even if you were to say that this movie has the N-word and I were to say that word this many times, I would that would be wrong. Right. So this movie is now catching flack for being a really racist movie because it says the word and that's really interesting to me, especially with movies like Django Unchained, where um, I don't think that I think Tarantino did catch some flack for that, but not as much as when I was researching this. 
um, where people were just flat out saying that it's, you know, it's like almost like get ready to cancel the flick and stuff like that, which one of that to me is really funny. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, no, please take over. Cause I'm, I'm rambling up to this point, but I, I think that's this. It's so funny that this movie that is saying that it's dumb is, is catching some flack for just using the word liberally. Yeah. I just, dis- I disagree because, so turn. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> What the fuck? I was just interrupting John. You interrupted my interruption. Interruptorception. <laughs> um, I was just gonna say, I I find that a really weird thing that Tarantino wouldn't get as much flack because Tarantino feels more deliberately trying to just provoke with the word as opposed to this is like provoking, but it's 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 putting that on its nose, right? It's drawing attention to racism. Whereas Tarantino's really only ever seems like to give himself an opportunity to say the N-word a bunch on screen. You know what I mean? It's, um, this movie is, is in, in my mind anyways, trying to disarm racism. Um, trying to point out the ridiculousness of it and the, the you know, the, the nonsense uh, issue of it by portraying like, you know, not only probably the most uh, intelligent guy in the movie is is uh, is uh, what's his name Cleavon, yeah, right? um, but also Gene, and both of them don't possess those biases, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and even Mongo at the end, right? Mongo is just a Mongo's not a racist at all. He's just he he's kind of like a minion. He's a pawn. He just wants to follow the strongest man. Yeah. Yeah, he does. And this movie is is actually, if you look closely, and you don't have to look too closely because it's pretty in your face, there's like lots of racism that it's getting at for, for indigenous, uh, for Jewish people, for, for other marginalized groups as well. They all take hits in this, in the way that this movie is trying to come across as saying, don't be a moron. Like, why? See how stupid that is from one, one group to the next. Uh, yeah, even where I- groups are inter, inter-racist against each other, where the... the um, uh, the the uh, indigenous guys played by Mel Brooks and some interesting red face um, is saying that those people's skin is darker than them, so they're fucked, you know. And it's like, ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If twelve years he, of slave, he does a funny thing there when he's indigenous because he he turns up the Jewishness. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. to like a hundred. So even though he looks uh, very much like he's in Indian dress or indigenous dress, he uh, is definitely not indigenous he's a hundred percent jewish which which we were kind of discussing we're like is that is that problematic no because he's not pretending he's not doing an impression of anything he's just wearing a costume which i mean i know that there's discussions to be had but i don't personally think maybe that's harmful if if Django unchained and 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 12 years a slave can do it in dramas then why can't they do it in comedies that's bullshit, yeah. especially when the comedy is doing it in a, a, a way that it is trying to make fun of our, like uh, one of you said, yeah. disarm the racism because yeah. those other movies are using it for very specific ways dramatically. So like, fuck you that a comedy couldn't do it, especially a comedy that is now, how old is this? 20, uh, 40 years like old? 40 47 40 years? 40 years old on the nose <laughs> like as of january 1st so like that's ridiculous <clears throat> it's 50 it's your math yeah is bad, it's 50 years friend. old so that's even crazier it's 50 years old so yeah. like yeah so once again but like this movie was of its time and the way it is using the word 50 years ago was using the word was in a way to to make fun of racism, not to propagate it or, or make it okay to say that word. So if Tarantino well, can it use still it... still a hateful word. And I guarantee that it's said way more in Django Unchained than it is in this movie. So that's nuts. That Yeah. <clears throat> like, I'd yeah. love to see the counts on that. Because I'm pretty sure Tarantino well, said it about a hundred times in Django. I saw a little story about this, about that Burton Gilliam guy, the guy that plays the henchman, um, where he he was really uncomfortable saying it. And uh, and Cleavon Little, the, the sheriff, I can't remember his real name in this. Cleavon Little is his, uh, is his name. His name is Bart, yeah. Bart, yes. thank you. 
Um, he took him aside and said, like, you know, it's it's not you saying it. It's not your words, so don't feel bad about yeah. it. But it was interesting to me because, like, I obviously wasn't even alive at this point, but um, I, you don't know how society is reacting to these different things at different times. Oh, right? yeah. Like, we grew up in the 90s where saying gay was completely acceptable, right? Like, and not to identify as a gay person, but like to say that's gay, that's gay yeah. or something like something that sucked would be identified that way. And a bunch of other uh, words, F word, the R word, whatever you want to say, what, uh, pick a letter. <laughs> we use that letter, um, except for the N word, which was not cool. But I do remember in the early 80s hearing it more, more open. Yeah. And I mean, crazy, but... Um, this stuff is just the way it goes. So you don't really know how things are at these different times. So reading a story like that is my fucking uh, obnoxious blowhard point here is interesting to give um, some kind of a concept to the power of the word still being strong 50 years ago. Like that still was obviously identified as a hateful word. So um, you go 50 years in the future. I can see why people might have uh, to look at the movie and analyze it because right off the bat it's it feels flagrant especially when, like when that old lady just says it to yeah him, get out of my way yeah it's i mean it can seem abrupt but i feel like that's intentional oh yeah, yeah it totally 100% is 100 percent is Thir- like, yeah, it's like this 38 is, or, or this is 50 years old 30 years ago because i would have probably been about eight years old my grandfather was still calling the black candies and the n-word babies n-word babies for the candies and how long ago well i would have been eight or nine so 30 years ago (laughs) but my grandfather is dead now and he was very old but like that was what he referred to those those gummy candies as that was what they were called he said it but don't worry yeah he's he's dead dead now (laughs) yeah i'm not no one's gonna go after him he's long dead the point is is the point is is that that was just 30 years ago there are people still using it to refer to it as candies like that's pretty messed up So uh, like in, well, I remember that as a kid, to tell you the truth. Yeah, I remember it too. Yeah, no, I definitely do. And that's, um, that's really for creepy. Tar- but for Tarantino's movie, I found in Django that it was used like so um, casually by the characters, <laughs> which probably was like true to the time. Like it's so flagrantly and and like meanly used. It is used a yeah. lot, and could you have used it less? Absolutely. It's some of his other movies that make the liberal use of of the of the N word that I would take more exception with because it 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 was it's unnecessary. Especially Pulp, Pulp Fiction, Fiction is one of the biggest ones. You just don't you didn't need to get into all that. Even if Samuel L. Jackson was on set saying, "Thanks for this big paycheck, it's okay." Um, so but that's the thing too. That feels weird to put a guy in a role like that and be like, "Are you okay with this?" and be like. Yeah, for a few million dollars, you can call me whatever you want. Yeah, to. yeah. Um, <laughs> you can call me literally. Yeah, pretty much, right? You're paying me six dollars. figures, then I'll I'll be a little bit more open to it. And please hire me for the next movie and the next movie and the next movie. So I always take a bit of exception. I did see Samuel L. in a in a um, interview not long ago saying that um, uh, the roles that Tarantino gives them are always like they might say nasty things, but they're always like either the smartest or or the most badass or whatever and and he always appreciates that so so that's all fine and whatever but but back to blazing saddles it's um it, it the first couple are shocking when you hear it in this movie because of how it's thrown out but then once you realize what the movie is doing you're like uh, it's it's just it's, i don't know it's hard to hear today with with how politically correct our climate is like even me who feels like some words can be said without having the mean intent behind it because it's a word and a like, but now it just can't be. So we have to say the N word or the R word. And that always still sounds weird to me because um, we're yeah. not calling people that we're not agreeing with whatever background is there. It, it's like, it's like part of, I don't know. It's hard to even have a discussion about it because it seems like I'm trying to justify for our ability to say it. Um, I just watched the, the whiz episode of, of, um, it's always sunny last sunny. night and Frank is like, yeah. I want to say the N word. And it's just yeah. going on and on like that. Um, that Jesus Christ. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's an interesting funny. phenomenon in how politically correct we've become um, when there are words you can say, even if there's no malicious intent behind. So this movie 
starts out with some of that malicious intent to set up that it's actually saying you're you're a moron for like having the mean intention behind those words. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So if we put that aside for a second, because there's obviously it's going to be um, a, a touchy subject for some people in today's world. Um, we all seem to recognize what this movie was trying to do. Even Mel Brooks is saying, has been noted recently as saying that, you know, political correctness is almost the death of comedy because you couldn't in this movie, if you were to make this movie today, which people would be like, that's questionable anyway. um, You couldn't use the word and then you don't have a movie. Um, And so what I wanted to talk next about is do the other gags and jokes and everything in this flick, um, do they work? Uh, not the non-racially charged stuff, but like we got other kind of gags, um, like the hangman and his kind of attitude. And um, how were you guys like rocking through with that? Because like being a satire is one thing, but then this is also a comedy, so it's got to be funny as well. Yeah. Were you guys? No, I th- I think a lot of the humor really hits in this. Still, I was really surprised because Mel Brooks can go both ways. Um, I'm a big Mel Brooks fan. But I do acknowledge that he can be a little silly and maybe not all of the the gags that we're used to seeing from him um, necessarily translate as well now. Uh, but I, for the most part, did like, uh, like, I'd say most of the fucking humor in this. Um, even just when Mel Brooks is being a, a dumbass and trying to hit that ball paddle thing. I mean, that kind of fucking gets a giggle out of me, too. It's... This movie, I find the humor works better than uh, the Spaceballs as far as like, uh, you know, transcending time and space. Yeah, I agree. The The actors, like all of the stuff between uh, Gene Wilder and uh, the sheriff, what's his name in the movie? Uh, Bart. I was going to say Bart. Bill. Yeah, all of their scenes, the humor in there works great. I love the fastest hands in the West or the world thing with the the chess piece and and all of that stuff yeah. was really good. The, I would have cut back a lot on once again as Mel Brooks was so much better in this um, than he was in Spaceballs, and his character was funnier. And stuff, but the, he did the same thing again. He has three villains. He has two villains who like could do it on their own, and then he has the Mel Brooks character in there just simply to give them the seal of approval to go do the crimes. Like they wouldn't have had to convince him of anything to sending the black sheriff to the town if he wasn't in the movie. They he could have just sent the black sheriff to the town. Because he wanted to to get the railroad through there. So they waste all this time, once again, with stuff that's not necessary for the movie. And while that it's it's funny, it's not that funny that it should have stayed in the movie. No, I agree. It's it's extra. Yeah, a lot of this stuff was just the humor of his sexually basically like just having sex with women behind curtains, not wearing pants being a sexual like deviant at work whatever he was doing that was all of that humor and uh while i did laugh um you could have gotten rid of all of that like real quickly yeah i mean i think that's just meant to be a side gag where they just poke fun of fucking government but it is totally extra um it doesn't add anything and if you take that out and just have Headley lamar as the head guy um we do truck quicker Mel Brooks seems to want to put himself in the movie in a few places all the time yeah. where he's, he's yogurt and he's the fucking emperor and he's the, you know, the indigenous chief and he's the fucking governor. I wonder if he's like passionate yeah. about those roles or if they just couldn't find the right person. He's like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll do it. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, he likes to put himself in know. his own movies and then like give himself top billing. When he has no right to have top billing in this movie. <laughs> Gene Wilder. No, or Spaceballs. Yeah, Spaceballs especially. <clears throat> Gene Wilder or... Maybe that's a joke though. I don't know. I don't think it Maybe is. that's just I something think he does to like... Yeah. I don't think there's a humor to it. I think it's a little narcissistic. 
Did like even the poster for this is his goddamn face, the indigenous character yeah. who's in the movie for like a minute instead of Gene Wilder, and yeah, and uh, well, Bart's Bart. on top of him, yeah, with the horse, but uh, just, just you don't have to give yourself all the credit. You're making the movie, you know. Yeah. Um, Richard Pryor has a writing credit on this movie, which is really interesting. Oh, no way. Um, yeah, so that kind that's of... That's probably where all the N-words came from. Well, that's what I'm thinking, is that there was probably some care and attention to when, when should and shouldn't we, because um, we want to pump up the humor, and, and likely Richard Pryor had a, a big hand in that. And this well, movie was also nominated for three Academy Awards. Uh, best use of the N-word. Yep. Um, <laughs> it was best song, Blazing Saddles, best film editing, and then very interestingly, uh, very interestingly, best supporting actress for Madeline Kahn, whose what? song and dance in this is uh, actually quite quite funny. Um, having you know, being a, a prostitute and having a song about just you're bored of banging all the guys because they're all the same. That that's kind of ha ha yeah. funny. Um. Mel Brooks said that was the dirtiest song he ever wrote. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, that hits. You could you could have someone current if you're in the sex trade industry get up and do that song, and it would still it would still kind of fly. And I would laugh at it in a, yeah. like a burlesque show or something along those lines. That would be a funny a funny moment. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of funny. Um, so I like for me just to comment back on the humor kind of stuff on this. I had like some chuckles in this for sure but like nothing was making me laugh out loud like i think some people were like the cowboy farting scene and um i I don't know like you just end up chuckling at a couple of these things none of them are having me roll on the ground kind of laughing i think it just it's another movie that shows its age in that regard so it's not that it's not funny just not as funny as like I thought I would remember airplane being, but there was only an airplane a couple of times when I laughed out loud. Nowhere near like what I do for Naked Gun, and maybe yeah, maybe I got to rewatch yeah. Naked Gun in this time too. But you know, uh, this is Spaceballs, mixing that kind of slapstick on your face. This is much funnier than Spaceballs. As a whole, yes, yeah, yeah, because Spaceballs had the whole segments away from Dark Helmet and away from Colonel Sanders, where I was like, uh. And then going through the desert, like there are there are some down moments in this, but they're way fewer and far betweener. The one segment of this movie that I'm really not that big on is the end when they come into the Hollywood and they break the entire fourth wall of the movie. Because oh, yeah. there are some fourth wall breaks where like Hedley Lamar's talking in his office, talking to himself. And then he looks at it, he's like, why am I asking you? And I'm like, ha ha ha. Uh, and then when they break out of the whole thing and go to Hollywood, I'm just like now we're we're done this movie is done like get get this over with like you didn't have to do that you could have stayed and had the final battle in the town and then just moved along and that would have made when they get in the car at the end even funnier mm-hmm. agreed the movie was moving i can't remember how do you feel about the um about that equivalent kind of idea that happens in holy grail um where they like break to modern day and it's like clearly outside of they set that, that up that though either. throughout the movie with the police investigation so That's so true. that was continually being established and set up and and the yeah. cops were questioning people like at those those crime scenes so i personally believe that this came out of nowhere i if i could have made two major changes to this movie one i would have done spent a little bit more money and not had fake backdrops outside of windows, outside of doors. I would have tried to make it because some of the scenes are out in the wilderness and they're great and it really feels like a Western. But once he starts doing all of this stage stuff on like Hollywood studio sets and is not trying to hide it, it really diminishes from the movie. And then to go to See, the... I didn't even notice those. And then they're so obvious though. And then go, going to the end, going to the end when they go into the Hollywood studios and stuff, it once again takes you out of the movie and you're no longer in this Western. And, yeah, and for me, I, I that is them. like, that's a bad thing. You want to be, 
you want to feel like it's you're in the old west and these things are really happening not that this is a movie i don't i don't want to ever be taken out of this movie in that way and whenever i am it's disappointing so yeah i um i saw like some of the mats and stuff and we even saw a few in Spaceballs. We saw the wires in Spaceballs, and I didn't care about them in that. I didn't really care about it in this. I, I just figured this was a low-budget movie where they're trying to squeeze every buck. So sometimes it seemed into, like they did, weren't really trying to hide it, but it didn't really... I don't know. It didn't take me out of it too much myself just in that bad way. Me neither. Yeah. Like I say, I didn't notice, and that could be because I'm not observant, but it could be because just I'm so focused on the actors that I'm not like looking in the back windows and stuff. Usually in a lot of movies, I actually am constantly surveying, but for some reason, I, I think I was just more engaged in this to the character. It was the saloon that was the worst because like outside the yeah. saloon swinging doors. <laughs> the Bugs Bunny thing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's a, right outside the saloon door, there's like basically a fake outside. <laughs> and uh, it's, uh, it's... Could that have been a nod to the Bugs Bunny-esque nature? I know that they They were doing it outside windows and stuff, too. Maybe the... the It was just to be cheap. They were just saving money. They shot this movie for $2 million. I mean, if you want to, you you know... Well, the movie just about didn't get made. Like, the execs didn't want to release it. So he, he... Mel Brooks showed this to the execs, and nobody laughed through the whole movie. And uh, then he set a screening up for the other staff... Like the the more lower like normal employees of the studio, mm-hmm. and apparently got a huge uh, reaction. So they released it, but they released it on the idea that he would cut some scenes, the farting scene John mentioned, Mongo punching a horse, um, <laughs> something else that was like deemed to be maybe problematic, right? Um, oh, it, there's a a scene where he's in the back room with that Madeline or whatever. And she goes, it's true. It's true. And he says in the non-cut version, he goes, baby, you're sucking on my arm. (laughs) (laughs) But but they, he did cut that, but then put it in the home release, I guess. So, I mean, you know, to your point, it's it, the budget wasn't there, but it was also like close to just not being accepted here. And so, Probably the budget constraints were a matter of necessity. Um, and those little like soundstage, like when they're in the darkness and you can tell that it's it's clearly just a soundstage. Um, that stuff, like I, I don't care. I don't mind it. But I, I acknowledge that maybe it was out of necessity instead of like a stylistic choice or, or just cheapness. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Shooting on such a low budget would have been long- tough too. Although it doesn't seem like a low budget 50 years ago to do $2 million. No. Just a shit. Yeah, at the time, dirt. that would have been probably pretty hefty. Probably pretty hefty. Um, there was a, a television pilot made following up of this called Black Bart uh, with Lou Gossett Jr. Ooh, really? Yeah. Really? Yep. Uh, Lou Gossett Jr. It didn't go anywhere. Yeah, surprise. I don't think this translates to TV. No. This doesn't translate to series. Uh, no, it does not. So. Like, what would that What would that even be about? Like, you'd have to have an actual underlying story other than the, 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 the racism. Because, like, the, the, that this town was being attacked is, is not a very... You know, I guess the stakes are high for those people, but the, even those people are shown to be morons. So it's not like you're cheering for their town to be saved necessarily. You're more just yeah. watching things unfold, and you don't want to see Bart treated uh, very badly. Um, yeah, this is one of those strange flicks where I get the I get the satiring, and I get the the message against racism, and and um, it, it, a lot of the jokes just came back to me as kind of older and and, and dated, and some of the slapstick is. You know, once you've seen slapstick once or twice, it's not going to really hit as hard from there. Although watching Mongo punch a horse out is that is pretty funny because I joke with with my wife Nat about uh, about punching her horse when it misbehaves because that, that seems like the <laughs> stupidest thing in the world to do is punch a horse. 
their heads are so damn hard. If you ever tried to nuzzle your face into a horse and it shifts and bucks you in the face, you got like tears in your eyes, man. That ain't yeah, any kind of fun. <clears throat> so, I mean, what else does that leave to, to talk about with this movie? Um, acting wise, it's like over the top a lot, but I super, one thing I super love is Gene Wilder and Cleavon Little's chemistry in this. Because if that wasn't there, yeah. this movie would have a giant gap. But they they play off each other really well. Um, and they yeah. do they do a great job when it's the two of them on screen. There's not much of Gene Wilder in this flick. Like he doesn't come in until the second act as the as the start of the B story. Um, and then he's like there as kind of the protection. And they have like the one scene just after they meet. Uh, where he finds out how fast he is in his history and how much he drinks. Um, and there's a lot of jokes and gags in there, so it's not like it's a super deep discussion. But then afterwards, he's kind of, Gene Wilder's just kind of long for the ride. Um, so I made that observation. But it's still, you needed the chemistry between those two guys for this to work, and, and that was one of the... Their chemistry critics. is so yeah. good. I mean, that would have been a suffering part of that TV show. Like, Louis Gossett Jr., as good as he is... You're not going to replace Gene Wilder and him and have that lightning strike twice. No, I don't. Th- I'm just looking up who he was in it with. Uh, like that Steve that Landisberg one, um, part where he says, um, I have no idea who that is. That line where he says, you know, morons. Yeah. So remember how we were talking about how that seemed genuine? So it's genuine. He They didn't tell Cleavon Little that that was the line. So when he says it that's his real reaction. And I feel like you get a real like genuine moment of their chemistry yeah. there. <laughs> it's, it's, I fucking, I think it, it's a, like you said, it's, it's a defining part of this movie and it doesn't work if you don't have these two guys. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't find Hedley Lamar's character to be over the top too much special. Um, his band of guys. No, I really like him though in that role. <clears throat> He does it. He does it. Yeah. Because uh, he's a serious actor, right? He even makes a joke. He's like, this isn't going to cost anyone anything except for uh, Academy, a nomination. Academy Award nomination or something. <laughs> I do like that so, Mel Brooks gets serious actors to play in his comedies because that does come off as as really funny. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give him that for sure. Uh, Colin, you've been silent for a while. What's your feelings? Yeah, I just feel like this Should movie. We call I feel it? like Should this movie. Y'all yeah, call it. This movie was like kind of running along pretty well for me. I could have lived with the additional stuff with Mel Brooks because it was some of it was very funny, and I could have lived with the fake backdrops and stuff. But I feel like uh, adding those things, throwing those logs onto the fire with the ending is like that makes it not a hold up. The ending is like out. It comes out of nowhere. I don't know what he was doing with the whole. Even though the the dance routine and Dom DeLuise like showing them as the director how to do the dance was very funny. I don't think I've ever laughed at Dom DeLuise um, knowingly before, but he was funny as the director. <laughs> but once again, none of I love Dom DeLuise, man. <laughs> none of that makes sense, and and it comes out of nowhere, and it's like this whole thing to break the wall the fourth wall and now we're in hollywood and it's not good it sucks it's a bad ending like you had the ending with the town and they had the explosive set up and everything that's the ending like why are you doing this veering off into this what would have maybe been the most expensive parts of the movie like spending all that money to shoot all of that stuff on back lots at whatever studio this was so i'm gonna say it's a no for me it's not a hold up anymore um, there's, there's too many problems and then you ruin the ending for me. So no, doesn't hold up. <laughs> hmm. Ooh. Oh my goodness. John, you, me, me, you, you, me, you, you, me, me, you, I'm still deciding, you? honestly. So I'd like to hear what you have to say so you can sway me. Go oh, Brent. Um, to me, <laughs> go Brent, go Brent. <laughs> um, I believe that this movie does hold up. Um, I like the satire of it. I agree that the end through all the Hollywood stuff is kind of like a little speed bump, but I don't hate it. Um, I could take it or leave it, but I don't hate it. Uh, I think that the 
satirical aspect of like cowboy culture and racism, I think, um, hold up great. I think that the Western um, satire stands up better than the Star Wars satire because Western is more of a generalized concept, whereas the Star Wars is a specific concept to yep. a movie, um, which, I mean, I'm not a fan of the Star Wars. So uh, to me, Spaceballs, to me, should just be a standalone fucking movie. Uh, but I like this. And the chemistry, man, like I really like Gene Wilder. Uh I find that he brings like this nice, calm sensitivity to that role, um, which is so fucking great mm. to play off of Cleavon Littles. Like, like I love how he's just above it all. Do you know yeah. what I mean? He just he just <laughs> always comes out on top. It just it, you see it, and it might grind him, but he just turns around and solves the problem. Their chemistry, those two guys together. Um, make it for me but i do love all the other characters uh headley lamar to me is a highlight um yeah what am i gonna do just keep spouting fucking bullshit to me it holds up i like this movie hmm. i'm torn because it the, the 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 racist satire and and that stuff that's not what is a downer for this movie that stuff is still strong today they just they were at the time they were able to say the words but the way that they hammered at home like the point i get um, it shows the people that use that language and, and are like unspiritedly mean just for people because they're not the same color as them. Like that stuff still hits really, really well. My whole problem with this movie is that it just didn't laugh that much for a comedy. I just didn't find it as funny anymore. I've kind of been there, done that. And I'm, I'm afraid that this movie for me is falling into the, it's probably an important piece of cinema for what it tried and accomplished uh, at the time. But it's just like there are better ways to to have the comedy elements today. <clears throat> Not that you could make could this movie today. Yeah. Do you think that part of that is the you've exhausted it by watching it as common as you have or as familiar as you are with it? Like if this had been a first watch, <clears throat> do you think some of that stuff might hit a little more? Um, this this movie just hit this movie more? was never a big part of my childhood. Spaceballs was because I loved Star Wars and then seeing this, that being spoofed was something as a young person that I really liked. I was never really big into Westerns, so I saw this for the first time when I was in my 20s maybe. And then this is maybe my second or third time watching it. I've seen bits of it, um, okay. but so so yeah, no, um, no to answer your question specifically. But I think in general, these types of humor, like now that at my age, it's been just been there, done that. And even slapstick today yeah. is very different. It's more extreme. It's like the jokes are have to be bigger to hit. Um, so there, it was more just like I think that's because people are dumber, yeah. though. I think they're yeah. Trying to- play to this fucking idiocracy crowd yeah you guys really hate fourth wall breaks generally hey i, 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 I as long as it's got to have a reason i mean it's got to be set up like you'd mentioned another movie i feel like generally you mentioned another um, movie though where there was a fourth wall break um what was it that you just mentioned yeah it was monty python it was a holy grail but i remember i thought i remembered you guys not liking that it happened it's you can explain it away maybe better than in this movie, but I didn't think that you guys it liked I, that. Um, I liked I how that was set up in Monty Python with the the police investigating the murders and stuff that were going on in the movie in the old well, whatever whatever age you would say that was, and then they were like investigating the murders, and then at the end they 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 tracked them down and they 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 shut it down and they like uh, so I didn't. I didn't mind that in in that movie. I also know the backstory of the Holy Grail where they just ran out of money. So they had to do yes. it that way. So that makes me chuckle. chuckle. I like little fourth wall nods. Um, I don't mind as a like a looking at me and then being like and then moving forward with things um, like in um, uh, trading places when they're training Eddie Murphy to do the job and they're like and bacon like you yeah. might find in a bacon lettuce and tomato sandwich and then eddie murphy just looks at the screen like what the fuck and then keeps going i like those little ones i i can't say that yeah. i'm a huge fan of when the whole movie breaks the fourth wall to bring it into like hollywood making a movie less yeah. less a fan of that um 
I think that would be. Very I do agree. It, it did ruin some sense of the immersion <laughs> that you have in the film because um, then all of a sudden the characters and stuff aren't real, and like there's no no one has an like you know what I mean like the, the town because then they yeah. go back to the they go back to it on the screen when they're sitting in the the, the theater. And then they they're trying to well, get him to stay. But the thing is that they never stop being real. They don't become their no. Actors. They stay as they their just, characters. They they break into a different but, dimension. But when I, but, almost. But when you watch <laughs> now, when you're watching them trying to get him to stay with the town because they like him now and stuff, it doesn't mean anything anymore because it was all just a silly movie and none of it's real and it's all just bullshit. So like, why would you do that to your audience? It doesn't make any sense. Why don't you just cut from? them beating the shit out of those guys to that scene in the town where they ask him to stay. Like, it's the simplest edit you could do. We could fix it in, like, about five seconds in an editing suite, and it would be better. Yeah. It would be so much better. Yeah. You, I do wonder if that was more of, like, just a Mel Brooks. He just, like, likes doing yeah, shit absolutely. like that. And you, you gotta to try have stuff. dance number... Yeah, you got to try stuff to know whether it sticks. And maybe at the time they were close to it and thought that it worked really well. And, and it maybe it doesn't work, but it doesn't ruin it. Like, I'm seriously considering here that I am I might say that from the, what this movie intended when it was released, it's still hitting that today. So in that sense, it holds up. Um, I'm just not the biggest fan. And it, I didn't hate it. I like this more than Spaceballs. And that for me, me is too, like me insane. Too insane yeah, I that like i'm this saying more than that Spaceballs too. <clears throat> and this was like i think brent's comment about this spoofs a genre whereas Spaceballs spoofed a couple of movies and therefore Spaceballs will get aged much more than than this movie will because it's like westerns are westerns are westerns right like there might be new age westerns but everybody knows what this is spoofing so you can settle in and it's historic. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, I'm going to do the, a, a weird thing, which is opposite of what I sometimes do, where I say something doesn't hold up, but you should watch it. I'm going to say that this does hold up, but, like, if you've never seen it, you probably got to see it. <laughs> but you don't, but need, you don't to need to watch it a second time. <laughs> Just know that it exists, and it, it does what it says. Yeah, and, this was only my second time. Yeah. So. The, the so thing like, that's scary about this movie, what's damn fucking scary like damn right scary is that it is still relevant today and it's been 50 years and we still have all of these problems and in some cases in the last five years we've gone backwards and the problems that this movie is making fun of and representing are actually getting worse bigotry racism not accepting people for who they are all of those things in in the global scene in North America, in some ways, are getting worse. Yeah. So that the fact that this yeah. movie is still everyone's in each other's business. so relevant yeah. today makes me sad because we I would have wished we would have gotten past a lot of this stuff, not not had it either be static or getting worse. Yeah, yeah, that's the most messed up thing about it. Like we got the, the the N-word has been removed basically from our vocabulary, but all the feelings and the sentiments behind it still seem to be alive and well. And that's what's so fucked up for me is yeah, I've not true. had those strong feelings. Um, so the word was like, I don't know. Damn, it's just messed up. So that I'm going to say it does. It does hold up as a movie. Um, just as a comedy this wouldn't be one I, I would go back to in the well there's many other movies i'd rather like laugh at and other satires that might do a, a similar thing that this does and maybe better i can't i'm trying to think of one right now but this certainly pulled it up so much better than airplane with its inclusion of um racist humor which was just like straight up racist things happening and i was like you you can't yeah. laugh at the terms you have to laugh at how silly people are for laughing or for for believing those things there has to be the yeah. repercussion. Yeah, there's a difference between a racist <laughs> joke and a joke about yes. racism. Yes, that is correct. And so this is uh, this is a movie about how silly racism is. It's not a racist movie, with or it's not a movie with racist jokes. Um, although there are some, but again, it's some of the setup and stuff before you get into what this is. <laughs> Josh found himself in a tricky little tunnel here. 
I'm personally not a racist, but (laughs) (laughs) it's it's a scary business talking about uh, racism. Crazy. I bet Mel Brooks wasn't considering that people would have a tough time uh, talking about this movie so as not to be offensive and use words when this movie's like blatant trying to call that shit out. So there's a funny joke in there somewhere that I'm not sophisticated enough to make. But (laughs) one thing is clear. (laughs) Racism bad. And don't be a moron, people. Go Go just educate yourself. Go talk to people and learn that we are really all just the same bags of meat. (laughs) Yeah. Get out of your fucking We're just different colors of meat, but we are just bags of meat. We all bleed red on the inside. I mean, it's funny because you look at cities, people that live in cities are much more um diverse uh inclusiveness mm-hmm. right they and it's because you're exposed to everybody if everyone just had more exposure yeah. i feel that they they'd understand each other and better. people in little communities who don't have that exposure now have less exposure because their internet feeds are feeding them only other small town people with the same small town problems and it's very easy to get caught in that this is how everyone thinks and that's yeah. that's social awful. media bubbles, man. Change up, man. Change it up. Go see something. Go read some other stuff. Ground news. Check out ground news Ooh, for yeah. uh, for a good look at uh, unbiased news reporting. There you go. Check it out. Okay. Um, you know what's up next, boys? A non racially charged movie. Uh, so it'll be safer to talk about. Thankfully, woof. Uh, Django. The ref. We're gonna do oh. the ref. And then we're going to go with a nice. super non-racially charged movie, a fantasy stoner comedy in your highness. It's a great way to uh, finish out December. Uh, I can't believe, yeah, we're releasing this. Yeah, I thought there'd be more movies in December because it feels like we're recording this one early, but we are really not. And there's only two more to go. So uh, we look forward to bringing those to you um, and we'll keep on having fun. We'll wind down 2023 with a bang and a puff. And um, not so much racism. Bang and a puff. Yeah, that's pretty good. (laughs) Bang and a puff. Playful Secrets is my favorite We're going to finish 2023 with some Playful Secrets. I can't wait to get that audio uh, on the whole thing. Uh, I'm going to be playing that for sure on the intro to that episode. Yeah, and I'm going to put it on my soundboard on my stream deck. And just have that ready to go in so many situations. Yeah, Playful Secrets. It's never not funny. No, it's never it's not. Do you have your soundboard up and running now, John? The more inappropriate it is, no, the funnier it is. Yeah, I was going to ask you to do one. a little here, soundboard to this. for us. Hey. But Did you guys hear that? It won't come through, though. No. No. <laughs> oh, no? Does it come through on my recording? Even if you, get it through, if you get it through on our web chat, we won't hear it in the recording unless you have your mic set up to take audio. This is the trouble oh. uh, with live shows like this. This is a that good I've already thought about. Yeah, a good Schwa. failure. Schwa. Good failure. Okay, folks, uh, we started out depressing, but now we're leaving super happy, super giddy. Get out there and blaze some saddles, and uh, <laughs> we'll see you in the ref episode next week. Um, Merry Christmas to you all uh, leading up to that. Happy holidays, all the good stuff. And uh, until we see you next time, enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.